The 40th anniversary of the Civil Service Reform Act has a lot of good government groups thinking about change. Many of them say it's time to reform the 1978 reform. You can add the Senior Executives Association to that list. SEA gathered a group of former senior executives and think tanks from a variety of ideologies to review how they might advance the civil service. Jeff Salmon is a member of the Senior Executives Association and co-chair of the organization's Civil Service Modernization Committee. Adam White is a research fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution and a law professor at George Mason. He also contributed to that report. Salmon and White tell Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, there's more agreement on civil service modernization than you might think. The first voice you hear is Salmon's. The senior executive association had recognized over the years that there was a a broad consensus developing over the need for reform of the civil service system or modernization of the civil service system. The Every group from the National Academy of Public Administration to Partnership of Public Service and other groups all recognized that the civil service system, which uh, was approaching 40 years old from the Civil Service Reform Act, was in need of a relook and certainly some modernization. We wondered whether we could bring together a broad group of individuals, not only from those groups that I just mentioned, but outside of those groups as well, and discuss where there might be a consensus building between a broad range of of organizations that could uh, sort of outline the areas that are in most need of reform and where real progress might might be made. And I was very glad when Jeff and the SEA approached me about participating in these deliberations. Between my own research and work at the Hoover Institution and the programmatic research that I and, and, and conferences that I run at the, the Scalia Law School uh, Center for the Study of the Administrative State, I've been thinking a lot about the relationship between the civil service and the senior leadership of the agencies and the politically appointed and elected leadership in the executive branch. Obviously, the last 15 years have over and over again reiterated the importance of that relationship between political leadership and uh, the civil service that does the work of public administration. And we've seen examples of that relationship working well, examples of that relationship working poorly, Credit or blame doesn't belong to any particular part of that relationship. It really requires a full review of the civil service, the aims that it was created to achieve, the ways in which it is and is not achieving what it was set out to do, and ways in which we ought to think anew about these things in light of technological modernization, in light of new understandings of the relationship between political leadership and the civil service, and so on. So it was a real pleasure to get to play a role in these conversations and to host these conversations at the Hoover Institution's Washington, D.C. office. So what do you think makes this report that you all are putting out perhaps different than some of the others that we've seen on on this topic? If I were to maybe hazard a guess at this, it would be maybe the broad group of people that you brought to look at some of these issues that we're talking about. But I'm interested to hear from you all. Well, I do think that what sets this report apart is the breadth of groups and people 
who came around the table to discuss these things. And I don't want to disparage any of the work that's been done by other groups on either a nonpartisan basis or groups on the political left or the political right. There's been a lot of good ideas and discussions over the years. But this is one of those areas where it seems so difficult to bring people from across party lines around a table to discuss these things. And when we did bring them around the table to discuss these things over the course of three meetings and subsequent conversations by email and over the phone, you know, of course we saw some points of disagreement that simply won't be bridged in this group and in this document. And not all groups were willing to participate. The public sector unions, for whatever reasons, declined to participate directly. But of the groups that were there, we did see some areas of rough consensus. We break them down into three categories, workforce modernization, administrative modernization, and regulatory modernization. And we saw ways in which at least at a very general level, you can get basic agreement over the need to modernize our civil service, modernize the agencies, make them more efficient, more productive, more accountable, and more modern. And I think that's a good start when you see what can be agreed upon across the usual ideological lines. It becomes a much better and more productive starting point for the policy discussions that hopefully will continue on Capitol Hill, uh, and in the executive branch. I think another aspect of this is the fact that uh, there probably was a lack of appreciation on the outside of government in groups that look at government that the the group that was the most frustrated with the current civil service system would be the, oh, exactly those people who dealt with it. And this was certainly what I saw when I was in government, and it certainly reflected in my colleagues within the Senior Executive Association. So it seemed as if it would be useful to uh, bring those individuals from the Senior Executive Association who actually have dealt with the workforce modernization issues at the ground level together with people from the outside who were looking at how we might reform or improve the civil service system to get that dialogue going between those two groups. And I think in, in some cases we, would, we found that uh, people were surprised that your permanent civil servants were as eager for reform and modernization as those critics from the outside. You know, you mentioned the workforce modernization, administrative modernization, and regulatory modernization. I think they all seem to at least maybe fit into one another. Maybe you can't make progress on one without making progress on the other. You mentioned that the reskilling, retraining of the workforce is really at the heart of some of these issues. I'm wondering what you found in looking at reskilling and retraining the workforce. The administration, the current one anyway, is talking about that a lot. And I think we have yet to see maybe some meat on the bones on that conversation. We're talking in broad strokes about it, but we don't yet know exactly what that looks like. I'm wondering if you can kind of maybe parse through the, some of the conversations that you had on the reskilling and retraining piece. Fundamentally, the kinds of issues that the government is dealing with have changed over the, the years, and there's a, there's a level of technical skill required to meet those issues. And in some cases, uh, agencies are have a very difficult time bringing in those new skills and in retaining them. 
the way the workforce, the modern workforce, thinks of of work these days has changed since the Civil Service Reform Act of 1978, and the civil service system has to take account of that. The uh, reskilling, there are two two parts of that. One is reskilling the actual workforce that you have and providing them the skills they need. But also, uh, in some cases, that's just not doable, and you have to bring in new talent. And you really have to make the system for hiring, promotion, and performance management much simpler if you're going to be successful in modernizing the civil service system and in getting a workforce that's really capable of executing the uh, the mission. And if I could just add or amplify a point that was sort of alluded to in your question, I think the key is having a conversation about this in the context of everything else. Obviously, what we were discussing and what we put forward in our principles is a wide array of issues. Hiring and reskilling and education are obviously core components, but they're not the only ones. And it seems to me as somebody who's relatively new to this subject, obviously I'm studying and working on administrative state issues more broadly for a long time now, but, but getting into the weeds of these particular issues has been a new experience for me. But it seems very clear to me coming from the outside that we can't even begin to resolve some of these issues and grapple with some of these, these proposals unless it's done holistically, taking all of these things together as much as possible so that all stakeholders see that when they're giving up a little bit here, they're gaining elsewhere, and the goal is for everybody to come out ahead, even if on specific issues, and I'm not referring now specifically to reskilling or or retraining, but I just mean in general, seeing the benefits they might get from an area like this might make it easier for people to accept giving a little in other places. I got the sense that in your conversations about this topic, there was a sense that the Civil Service Reform Act set a, a good foundation, but over time we've just added layer upon layer of perhaps bureaucracy and complication, and that's in part why we're at the place that we are today with this. And I got the sense of the message was, you know, we need to simplify some of these things. Where do you all think we could start in simplifying, you know, some of these challenges that we've been talking about? I think you suggest a few points of perhaps where some of these stakeholders could meet and begin to simplify? I think one place to start, and it's suggested in our, our report, is in the is simply in the hiring, promotion, and performance management aspect of the civil service. No one that has been through the hiring system within government as a candidate or as an individual, as a hiring official, would come out of that process and say, this is a well oiled machine. Everybody recognizes that is an, it is an overly complicated system that uh, cannot be agile enough to get in the kind of modern workforce we need and retain it. That's one very important place to, to start. Uh, agencies experiment and should be, uh, we encourage in our discussions, we, we encouraged uh, agencies to to experiment and and uh, within the within the legal structure innovate in hiring and uh, hiring and promotion within the within the civil service system so as to test out what you know, what may work and what what may not work there's an area of of right for right for change which which uh, almost anybody who's been involved in the system can come 
come forward and say yes, we need to we need we need to make these changes. One area, particularly, might be hiring term appointments as opposed to permanent positions, which uh, fits a mobile workforce and allows for much more efficient performance management system as well. The tasks that are asked of the civil service today and the challenges they face and the missions they're set out to accomplish are increasingly task-oriented. They are short-term missions responding to new issues, new challenges. It doesn't fit quite as easily with the old model of hiring, retention, and evaluation. And so instead of doing away with the old model completely, uh, finding opportunities to create space for more experiment in hiring and retention and term-limited, task-oriented employment could be uh, a boon for efficiency, at least in certain targeted areas. The administration is obviously talking about a lot of these ideas. And I think if they were to look at your report, they would say, yes, I mean, this all makes sense to us, given the conversations that we're currently having. At the same time, they are having a lot of conversations about this. There's a lot of ways they could go in modernizing the civil service. So what do you hope the administration would take out of something from your report? What do you hope that they would see in this report and take specific action from? They should take out of this report the notion that both Adam and I have mentioned from the beginning is that there's a consensus, bipartisan consensus, that this is a topic that needs serious study and that with below that level of just consensus that we need to look at it, there is a broad agreement that certain areas are of particular importance. The hiring performance and performance management system is a good good example. And even on the details there, you can find broad agreement. So I would would encourage them to, to not be afraid of taking on the issue because they think it is just going to result in a partisan fight. I think there are, there are again, broad areas of consensus that they, they, could, uh, uh, they could look at. And the second thing is I think they uh, have the opportunity in doing this to appeal to the patriotic spirit of the civil servants who want to do a good job, want a system that works better for them and works better for the interests of the national government and the American people. That's it's very important for the administration to understand that the civil service is full of dedicated dedicated individuals who will join them in helping to try to improve the system. For sustainable, long-term reform, the administration really does need to reach out for these issues with the spirit of open-mindedness and collaboration with all the other stakeholder groups. If the administration proposes one-sided reforms that leave significant uh, parts of of the community left out in the cold, those are precisely the sorts of reforms that the next administration of the opposite political bent would very swiftly uproot and throw out. For these things to really take root, like I said earlier, it requires a bipartisan cast of mind, openness to ideas from both sides of the table, and a willingness of all stakeholders, the administration's political leadership, the civil service, and so on, to be willing to both give and take. And hopefully, if that sort of discussion can begin in the administration and in Congress, 
and can bear fruit either legislatively or through executive branch reforms, maybe those sorts of reforms would have a chance of taking root and lasting well beyond uh, this particular administration. That's Adam White, research fellow with Stanford University's Hoover Institution and law professor at George Mason University. Jeff Salmon is a member of the Senior Executives Association and longtime government executive. They spoke with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco about SEA's upcoming report on civil service modernization. Read more about it at federalnewsnetwork.com. Still ahead on Federal News Radio, this Presidential Rank Award winner is both a visionary and an accomplished senior executive in her own right. But first... The National Institutes of Health doubles down on grants for research into the human brain. It's the Federal Drive with Tom Temin, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.